0: we now know who texas and oklahoma will play in the sec in 2024 but who has the tougher conference schedule the longhorns or the sooner you are locked on longhorns your daily podcast on the texas longhorns part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we're discussing Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC in 2024. Who has the tougher conference schedule? Then we're talking about the Longhorns specifically. Why I think our favorite football team has a really good chance to make the college football playoff in their first season in the sec and last but not least recruiting has been slow but it's a big weekend with a lot of talent on the 40 acres we discuss all of that and more on today's episode of Lockdown longhorns part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day if you're watching on youtube you see the ticker on the bottom we are 22 subscribers away from the big 3,000. please help me reach my goal this weekend so i can stop begging i can get this monkey off my back thank you For all of the support and the love, could not do it without y'all. All All 2,978 subscribers, thank you for rocking with me. For my next 22 subscribers, thank you so much. (laughs) So now we're talking about Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC in 2024. And we knew this week we would find out the full SEC schedule for all 16 teams next year in the best conference in college football where it just means more. And we knew that we would find out on June 14th. The full sec schedule and we also found out that every team in the conference would either play texas or oklahoma which i thought was a brilliant move by greg sankey should create a lot of interesting and fun matchups in the first year in the sec and so we now know who texas will be playing in 2024 all 12 opponents based on what i've seen on the internet I've only found 10 opponents for Oklahoma. It looks like they still need to add two non-conference games, one power five, one non-power five, probably a cupcake, which would be advantage Oklahoma. No shame. You know, they have a very tough SEC schedule. It makes sense. So the question is, who has the tougher slate in 2024 in terms of conference games, Texas or Oklahoma? And I think that Oklahoma has the tougher conference schedule, which I'll get to in a minute, right? Coming into the week, we knew that Texas played Michigan on the road that's been set in stone for a while what well, actually changed it we were supposed to play Michigan at home and they changed it to Michigan on the road but that game period has been set in stone for a while we're playing Colorado State at home and we knew we we're playing UTSA at home. Now, Tuesday night, Chip Brown, our favorite reporter from Horns 24-7, decided to leak, I guess if if that's the word you want to use, leak three more games on the schedule, three of the more prominent games, right, which was Georgia at home, Georgia unquestionably the top program in college football right now, and then renewing two historic rivalries at Arkansas and then one of the biggest rivalries in college football, right, Texas A&M, the Lone Star Showdown, and recently on the Twitter timeline, I've seen a few Texas fans say that Texas A&M is not a rivalry, um i just asked that you go outside and get some air because right? i don't know where that came from right so then now that chip brown had gave us three more games on our schedule and we knew seven of the 12 opponents we would be facing in 2024 my first thought was lord damn <laughs> damn why are we going to the sec again why are we leaving the big 12 why are we signing up to play georgia at arkansas at texas AM, and and at michigan in the same year with four more conference games to be determined, like whose idea was this for more money, for more TV exposure, for better recruiting? Stop it, right? I'm nervous, I'm scared. I ain't gonna lie, I'm like scared money don't make money, and I was broke right? when it came to that. Then the day of the schedule release, all these experts and people, these are my projections for the Texas schedule. This is who I think Texas will play in 2024. And you don't have no idea who has sources or who doesn't. So I'm seeing Texas plays at LSU, Texas plays at Florida in the swamp, Texas plays at Ole Miss. And I'm like, damn, is this hazing? Like, is this a welcome to the SEC? Oh, y'all thought y'all could compete with the big boys? Well, watch this type schedule. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) Lord. (laughs) And then... When we saw the actual schedule, I had to breathe a breath of fresh air, right? I had to take a deep sigh, and that's no disrespect to any team on the schedule, right? I never know who's listening, but I think that Texas got best case scenario in terms of their 2024 schedule. So the full slate is Florida at home, Georgia at home, ULM, Colorado State, UTSA at home, Kentucky and Mississippi State on the 40 acres. You play Oklahoma the second weekend in October In Dallas, in the Cotton Bowl, per usual, and then at Michigan, at Arkansas, at Texas A&M, and at Vanderbilt. Can't wait for that game. I'm definitely going to Nashville. Nashville, (laughs) the best party in America, right? Now, I'm not saying by any means, when I say that Texas has a favorable schedule or they got best case scenario, that this isn't a tough slate. This is a very tough slate, and it's definitely tougher than what Texas has in 2023. Don't get me wrong. But based on what they could have got on their schedule, especially when we had four more SEC games to be determined, what they actually got, I think, is best case scenario for the Longhorns. And when you look at it, Texas only leaves the state of Texas twice this year in their last year in the Big 12. They go to Alabama and they go to Iowa State. That's it. They're also on like opposite ends of the schedule. I think Oh, I know Alabama is the second week of the season and Iowa State's either like the 10th or 11th game, right? So there's like an eight to nine week stretch where you don't leave Texas at all. That's crazy. Now you're going to the SEC, a conference that has two Texas schools compared to the Big 12. I don't even want to count right now, but they have more than two, right? And you only have to leave the state of Texas one more time than you do in your last year in the Big 12, right? You go to Arkansas, to Vanderbilt, and to Michigan. That's it. That is very favorable for your Texas Longhorns, for your favorite football team in their first year in the SEC. And one last thing, right? I'm trying not to piss off all these SEC fan bases, but one last thing. There are only two out of 12 teams on this list that I just mentioned that right now have a better football program than the University of Texas. And you can make the argument that by this time next year, Texas might be ahead of the University of Michigan. But right now, only Georgia and Michigan On this list of 12 teams that Texas plays in 2024, have a brighter future and a more promising football program than the Texas Longhorns. Like I said, best case scenario for your favorite football team heading into the SEC in 2024. I'll tell you in the next segment why I think this schedule will lead to their first college football playoff appearance in their first year in the toughest conference in college football. Now, when we look at the Oklahoma Sooners, I mentioned earlier, they still have to add two non-conference games, one power five, one non-power five. I would assume one of those games will be at home and one of those games will be on the road. But I definitely think in terms of the SEC schedule, they got the tougher slate. Now this will probably flip and in 2025, we'll probably have the tougher slate, but we have more time to prepare for that, right? (laughs) In their first year in the SEC, they're getting punched in the mouth. They play Alabama at home, South Carolina at home, Tennessee at home, Temple and Tulane. They should win those games, but You never know. Texas, which is advantage Texas because we just whooped their ass 49 to zero at LSU in Death Valley, at Missouri, at Auburn and at Ole Miss. That is a hell of a slate for a team that's rebuilding. And I apologize to the Sooner fans that are listening for telling the truth. But y'all are rebuilding. Right. I think y'all will be better in 2023, but that's no guarantee. And hopefully y'all will be better in 2024. That would be better for college football. That would be better for the SEC. That would be better for the Red River rivalry. But once again, There's no guarantee that Brent Venables is the coach of the future for the Sooners or that Oklahoma will be Oklahoma again by the time they get to the SEC in 2024. And you better hope they are, because once again, like I said, there's a legit possibility they could get drug with this tough schedule when they get to the SEC. If I'm ranking the top five programs in the conference right now, it would be Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee and Ole Miss. Texas plays one of those schools in 2024. Oklahoma plays four of those schools in 2024, right? A team that's rebuilding, a team that's still recovering from Lincoln Riley leaving and taking all of their best players with him to USC. Basically, next year, we'll have one of the toughest conference schedules in the entire SEC, right? Texas definitely got a more favorable schedule than the Sooners. Texas is definitely further along as a program than the Sooners are right now. And I think Texas should expect more immediate success in the SEC than Oklahoma should. I think one day Oklahoma will be back to being Oklahoma, that program we were used to seeing with Lincoln Riley and all of those good quarterbacks, but it remains to be seen how long it'll take them to get there. And if they don't get there by 2024, good luck. because Damn, right, that same damn I said about our schedule when we had seven games on it. That's the same damn I'm saying right now, looking at Oklahoma's 10 game schedule. Hope they're ready. <laughs> All right, a quick word from Bird Dogs, and then we're going to talk about Texas, why I think they can make the college football playoff in their first year in the SEC. And no, I'm not crazy. I'm usually giving you the scouting report on the Texas Longhorns, but today I'm giving you the scouting report on Bird Dogs. I like to look good and feel good, and Bird Dogs make me look good, which makes me feel good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit Way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. With your order, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I just dropped my pen on the ground and I picked up another one and I realized I never write anything during the actual show. I write all of my notes prior to the show. I just like to hold the pen. It's like a, a comfort zone or something. I don't know. I just kind of realized that when I immediately picked up a new pen just because the other one dropped. And I promise I'm not writing anything. I think Texas can, right? Right. I want to say should, but that kind of puts the expectation on them, even though nothing I say on this podcast should affect how they play on the football field. You never know. All right. So I think Texas can and I'm predicting they will <laughs> make the college football playoff in 2024. Now, I know somebody's listening to this and they're saying college football playoff, Texas, the Longhorns in the FEC. Oh, my God. Right. What you're forgetting is, is that this is the last year of the 14 college football playoff that they'll be expanding to 12 teams in 2024. Now, somebody listening to this is still saying, but it's Texas, it's the SEC, the football playoff. And then, you know, if that's the case, I don't know what to say to you, right? We'll just have to see when we get there. But I think that when college football moves to the 12-team playoff, every year the SEC will get at least three, possibly four teams in the college football playoff. For the SEC to get three or four teams in the college football playoff, I think you would need to go at least 10 or two, 10 and two or nine and three. Right. To be one of the top four or three teams in the SEC. And when I look at Texas's 2024 schedule, it would not shock me at all if Texas goes nine and three or 10 and two, because what I mentioned in the previous segment is that right now only Georgia and Michigan have an argument that they're a better football program. Well, they have the argument, right? Not a argument, they have the argument, but only Georgia and Michigan are better football programs than the Texas Longhorns right now. Once again, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm more than willing to if I need to, right? Florida, ULM, Colorado State, UTSA, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt are not on the level of the Texas Longhorns right now, right? Now, the problem is, is that For the last decade, Texas has folded in games they were favored in, right? Texas has folded against opponents they should beat. They have habitually played with their food, right? You cannot do that when you get to the SEC. So I'm not saying by any means that Georgia and Michigan should be their only two losses in 2024. I'm also not saying that Georgia and Michigan are the only two acceptable losses in 2024. I could see a scenario in which they lose to Arkansas on the road. That's a tough environment. They could lose to Texas A&M on the road. That's a tough environment. A lot of hatred there. Of course, they could lose to Oklahoma in the Red River robbery, right? They could lose to Florida at home, right? I have a lot of faith in Billy Napier. I think that program is on the rise, even though they're behind Texas right now. So, This is a very daunting and tough schedule. But if we believe that Texas is on the rise as well and they're on the verge of being one of the top programs in the sport again, on the verge of taking care of business like they did in the Mac Brown era and not at least too often losing to teams that you shouldn't lose to, then I can see a scenario in which they take care of business in their first year in the SEC, go nine and three or ten and two and make the college football playoff. Because right now, when I'm looking at the schedule, I think Vanderbilt has to be a must win. Mississippi State has to be a must win. Kentucky, UTSA, Colorado State and ULM have to be must wins for the Texas Longhorns. No excuses. Those have to be must wins for the Texas Longhorns. That's six wins for you right there. I said they have to get to nine and three or ten and two, in my opinion, to make the college football playoff, regardless if they make the SEC championship game or not. Right. So that means out of the remaining six games, Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan, Arkansas and Texas A&M, you would only have to win three. Of those games to go nine and three and i think get into the college football playoff so the easiest three to pick out would be texas AM, arkansas and florida there is definitely a scenario in which texas beats all three of those schools right also i'm not going to sit here and write off texas against georgia right now we don't even know who their quarterback will be we don't know what their defense will look like in 2024 we assume that georgia will still be georgia but every program starts to show chinks in the armor eventually look at alabama right now right they look a little bit vulnerable even though it's still alabama this looks like the year to get them, right? Same thing with Michigan, right? Michigan looks really good right now, and they've been in the college football playoff the last two years, but that doesn't mean Texas can't go up to Ann Arbor and beat them, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, there is a very real scenario in which your favorite football team next year, in their first year in the SEC, goes nine and three or ten and two, and that leads them to their first college football playoff appearance. And of course, I didn't even mention Oklahoma, but we just beat them forty nine to zero. So that's not even a game we should be worried about right now. Until they show us, we should be worried about it. And when you look at what you'll have personnel right. Hopefully you'll have most of the you have right now on the coaching staff. We know at bare minimum, Steve Sarkisian will still be the head coach in 2024. But you'll have Malik Murphy or Arch Manning at quarterback. You'll have Cedric Baxter and whoever's behind him at running back, Jontae Cook and DeAndre Moore and Ryan Niblett at wide receiver. You'll have Kelvin Banks as your starting left tackle on a very experienced and talented offensive line. And you'll have players like Sadir Mitchell, Colton Basic, Anthony Hill, Malik Muhammad, Derek Williams, the list goes on and on on the defensive side of the ball. So you should be a very talented and competitive team in 2024, you should be able to go 9-3 and or 10-2 and with this SEC schedule, and that should be good enough to get you into the college football playoff in your first year in the SEC. Now, will I be disappointed or mad if they don't make it? No. Will I say fire Steve Sarkeesian if they don't make it? No. What I'm saying is they have a path to it in the first year in the SEC, and I don't want to say Oh, well, it's their first year in the SEC, so I don't want to say they should make the college football playoff. Just like last year, we didn't want to say Texas should make the Big 12 championship game, even though we all knew they were talented enough to get there and should have got there at the end of the day. I think when we look at the 2024 schedule, if Texas does not make the college football playoff, we'll be asking ourselves what if at the end of the season. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the big recruiting weekend on the 40 for your favorite football team. So recruiting has been uncharacteristically slow for the Longhorns based on what we've seen under Steve Sarkeesian the last two years. I mean, when you look at it, you brought in back-to-back top five classes, and right now you sit currently with only three commits and the 65th ranked recruiting class according to 24-7 sports if I remember correctly and I can't remember exactly where you were at this time last year but you definitely had more than three commits you definitely weren't the 65th ranked recruiting class at this time I remember Texas fans making fun of Texas A&M fans for being down in the 60s at this point last year coming off the number one recruiting class right so it definitely has been slow for the Longhorns thus far even though I think it will pick up over the next few weekends especially in July when a lot of Texas targets are announcing right but at this point last year I can't remember Exactly where we were. I just know that Arch Manning committed on June 23rd. I'll probably never forget that date just because it was such a hectic day for Texas Longhorn fans and college football fans, period. Right. And especially content creators. I remember having to wake up from a nap and record immediately. Right. And all I did was just get on the mic and start screaming. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely a big day. Uh, but I remember when Artsman committed, I think we had the 15th ranked recruiting class in the country. It would take a lot of work to get us to the 15th ranked recruiting class in the next seven days. So a lot slower than the last two years. And I think you brought in 50 recruits over the last two recruiting cycles. So the volume will probably be lower in this class, but you're still hoping to bring in some of those top you know star prospects like kelvin banks uh you know anthony hill jontae cook cedric baxter arch manning right you're still hoping to bring those in in the 2024 class even if you don't take 22 or 28 commits like you did the previous two cycles when you look at what's heading to the 40 acres this weekend you have one running back two wide receivers one tight end three o linemen six d linemen one linebacker four dbs one athlete and one punter who is already committed you better give him the works this weekend give him the arch manning treatment i don't care he's already committed to the Acres. Acres, Make sure he stays committed to the 40 acres this weekend. This also does not include Micah Hudson, who I think is the second ranked uh, wide receiver in the country. The first ranked wide receiver in Texas, a top 10 player in the country. I believe he is on official. He is on an official visit to Lubbock. For Texas Tech this weekend but he snuck down to Texas for an unofficial right before that now if you followed anything in terms of Micah Hudson's recruitment you know this is a big in-state recruiting battle between Texas Tech and Texas and for the first time in a while it seems like Texas Tech has the leg up on Texas for a marquee prospect in the state right Joey McGuire has done a really good job with that program but Micah Hudson still found his way down to Austin before that visit and he had a lot to say about Texas. I think it was his third overall visit to the University of Texas and Chris Jackson, who we just hired as our wide receiver coach from the Jaguars. And, you know, Micah Hudson said that he has a track record of developing players in the NFL. I want to get to the NFL. I know based on what I've seen that Chris Jackson can get me there. So I think, you know, that continues to be a solid hire for Steve Sarkeesia, knowing that these players want to get to the NFL. So what better selling point than a player that has a proven track record? I mean, a coach, excuse me, that has a proven track record of development in terms of NFL players, right? Making NFL players better. Chris Jackson has that. That could be the ace in the hole we need to pry Micah Hudson away from Texas Tech. So three notable recruits visiting this weekend, one Aaron Hampton, an athlete, former Texas commit. He is a 24, 2024 kid who committed in 2022 and then said, you know, I want to enjoy my recruiting process, which makes all the sense in the world There's no point in being recruited that early, especially as a top player in the country, right? You want to go around, take your visits, you know, get sold, right, on the program, you know, get some different things thrown at you, money, gear, equipment, whatever, right, you know, so he decommitted, but this is still a Bama or Texas battle, and I think based on Sark's offense and what he wants to do, projects as a receiver at the next level, I think he still ends up at Texas, very talented player, number 130 ranked recruit in the country, according to 24-7 composite, hopefully Steve Sarkisian and company can gain some ground on Bama or take that next step in terms of his recruitment and push Bama back further with Aaron Hampton this weekend. Brandon Baker, left tackle. We know that Kyle Flood is one of the hottest names in terms of offensive line recruiting the last two years, bringing in 12 offensive line recruits the last two cycles, which is unheard of, right? Completely overhauling. That room for the most part. And Brandon Baker is the top offensive tackle in the country, 24 seven composite, the number 26 player in the country right now. Texas is in his top 10. He is from California, Mater D, Mater Day. I don't know how to say it. That's where Bryce Young went. That is where Spencer Shannon, one of our 2023 recruits at tight end, commits at tight end, I should say, signees, I should say at this point, went. So hopefully he can do some recruiting with that. But, you know, like I said, Texas is in his top 10. He's from California. So I would give Texas a 10% chance to land him right now, right? Then you have Ryan Wingo at wide receiver, 24 7, uh, composite, number 24 player in the country. I think this is a huge get on the 40 acres this weekend. Does not have a top schools list from what I've seen on the internet, but I would think that this Texas football team would want to bring in either one of Micah Hudson or Ryan Wingo. And so it's good that you had them both on the 40 acres, albeit at different points, but both on the 40 acres this week. Now we know if you follow recruiting, you know what Steve Wiltfong means to recruiting and you know, when he puts in a prediction, typically he's right. Right. And right now on 24 seven sports, Steve Wiltfong has a hundred percent crystal ball prediction for Wingo to go to the University of Georgia. But he hasn't committed anywhere. He has not signed on the dotted line. So hopefully, if Texas is behind Georgia, they can make up that ground this weekend and convince one of the most talented players in the country to come to the University of Texas. So we're 65th ranked in recruiting right now. Hopefully, by the next time I talk to y'all, we're down in the 50s at least. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them es <sighs>